This summer, there is a huge soccer tournament. Maybe you've heard of it. Unfortunately, the United States men's team did not make it, but Iceland did. And since you can't cheer for the U.S. this summer, raise a glass of Reyka Vodka and cheer for Iceland. Go to Reyka.com, R-E-Y-K-A.com, to get Team Iceland gear and find a viewing party near you. Real fans drink responsibly. Reyka Vodka, 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof, distilled from grain. Copyright 2018, William Grant & Sons, New York, New York. Hey, everybody. This episode of the Press Row Podcast is brought to you by Franchise Hockey Manager 4, which is on sale right now for the Stanley Cup Final. You can get Franchise Hockey Manager 4 right now for 75% off, just $9.99, and you can see if you can bring your favorite team to the Stanley Cup. Franchise Hockey Manager 4 is the most hockey ever, featuring not only all the teams and rosters from this year's NHL, but every team and season ever throughout the league's history, plus tons of international competitions and foreign leagues as well. There is no other hockey strategy game that comes close to Franchise Hockey Manager 4 in terms of depths and ways to have fun. So check out Franchise Hockey Manager 4 today for 75% off now just through June 10th. It's just $9.99. Get it on Steam or right from us at ootpdevelopments.com today. Well, here we are on the eve of EA Play and E3. We're going to do a special podcast for you covering the news that comes out of EA Play as early as Saturday evening. And then another in the days that follow, or that one will be at our regularly scheduled time next week, depending on what does or doesn't come out of Microsoft and Sony's press briefings. But before we get to all of that, we've got a special interview with Scott Drader from the awesome Super Mega Baseball 2 in this episode. It was Conducted by Mr. Rich Grisham. He's also here with me now. But first, we're going to hit on some recent news related to NBA 2K19 and Madden NFL 19. All that would have been swallowed up by everything that's about to come. So we wanted to get that out there first. Rich, what do the listeners have to look forward to with the interview that you've got later on in the show? Well, Scott Drader, who is no stranger to the show, but it's been a while because he's been, you know, working his butt off getting uh, getting Super Mega Baseball 2 out the door, joined me for a really interesting, wide-ranging conversation talking about what what the, his desires and goals were for Super Mega Baseball 2, some of the different things that uh, went into it and, and why. Uh, we talked a bit about the whole games with gold versus uh, you know being sold for mm. retail price on PlayStation. Talked about some of his uh, thoughts and experiences with his original game being on the new subscription services, and uh, just hit hit what it's a lot about what it's like just to make a video game these days and and how challenging it is for so many reasons. It's a great interview. Scott is a great guy. And uh, anybody who likes Super Mega Baseball or just likes sports or sports video games will will get a kick out of the interview. Scott's a great guy and did a great job. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I haven't heard it yet, uh, but I absolutely love that game and and recommend it to anyone who's a baseball fan or really a sports gaming fan or uh, could become one. (laughs) I think that's a great, great introduction to it. but let me ask you about another game that's kind of arcadey rich. Mario Tennis Aces just had its online demo, and I know you spent a little time with it. What did you think of it so far? I thought it looked great. I thought it played great for the most part, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun when the full game comes out. I'm not really much of an online player except against my friends uh, in Madden or in FIFA or in anything like that. 
And this was an online demo. It's really basically a giant beta test for the online functions. I know that the Mario uh, Tennis Aces game is going to have a single-player story mode, which I'm much more personally interested in. Uh, but I played it, played it uh, quite a bit, and my son played it as well. And he's not really a big sports fan, sports fan and he had a lot of fun playing it too. So overall, it's very good. It's, it's charming. Uh, there's a there's a certain amount of depth to the gameplay. There's a lot of different shot types. You know, you can't just be successful without learning how to play the game. It's a bit overwhelming at at first because in the demo they just throw a lot at you because there's a lot going on to to play the game the right different kinds of shots and things like that so it can be a bit overwhelming because they have a throw a lot at you in a short amount of time i have a feeling that the uh, the full game with the story mode will be a little easier paced and a little a little friendlier to to people who may not sort of want to be out there like the smash bros nintendo pros and things like that like there's clearly going to be a bunch of people who are really good at Mario Tennis who are playing online. But overall, I left very impressed. I was going to get this game anyway. I've already got it pre-ordered, uh, and I feel even better about it. And overall, two big thumbs up for Mario Tennis Aces. A lot of fun. Well, it's good to hear. We we haven't had much luck with the tennis game so far this year. I don't uh, have I, any doubt that this will be the most fun tennis game coming out this year. No doubt. Yeah, I, I thought it was strange. I think it was today that... Uh, a new ad came out for Mario Tennis Aces. With Rafael Nadal in it. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, that's really curious because he is exclusive to AO Tennis, right? He is not, as far as we know, he's not a character in Mario Tennis Aces, right? As far as we know. Uh, so that's really strange. At least we know they, there was some data mining done of the... Uh, of that demo where people were able to discover like 16 characters and they, they've never confirmed them, but apparently they're in. Uh, and, and we saw the list of that. Of course, it did not have any real life tennis players, but it's really it just it just caught me off guard because I, I why is he promoting a compete? It's you know maybe not a direct competitor, but it's still another tennis game kind of weird to see someone like that show up in, in a in a different game uh contractually it must have been fine but it just is a strange fit i don't really know where that came from well i mean uh, i think it's actually not a strange fit i think it's fantastic right i mean rafael nadal is the best tennis player in the world who's not named roger federer and is very widely known and uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, I think it's actually a match made in heaven, right? Like a mm. beloved character like Mario and, and, the, and the various, you know, people, various characters in that universe teamed up with a, a real world tennis player. I think it's really great. So, yeah. How much, Rich, though, how, how much of a tennis game is Mario Tennis? Oh, it's a lot of tennis. I mean, it, it's, it's a true tennis game. Now, granted, there's power ups and magic shots and stuff like that, but it's still tennis you know you have to win you know the the points in the regular scoring you know 15 30 45 and you know it's funny too my son who again who i mentioned is not much of a sports fan asked mm -hmm. me a couple questions he's like what does adv mean i'm like oh that means it's your advantage if you win the next point you win the the, mm -hmm. the, the set or the game and then and then i'm like oh, you have games and you have sets and you have matches that's why you might hear somebody say <laughs> game set match and he's like what's a break point i'm like oh that means that you're gonna break the guy's serve because usually the person serving wins more often than not and stuff like that so it's mm -hmm. real tennis because I'm actually learning about the sport that's pretty cool yeah it actually is so yeah. you know similar to like mario golf right it's golf it it's not you know something other than golf there's you know certain 
tournaments that have different kind of power-ups and different kind of things like that. But in a similar way to how, like, Golf Story, there's a lot going on in Golf Story, but it is golf. Mm-hmm. Mario Tennis Aces, there's, it's a lot of, you know, it's it's a lot of tennis in Mario Tennis Aces. Yeah, I, I just thought, uh, you know, I'd seen screenshots of it, uh, of what's called, I think, Adventure Mode. Which right. is, I believe, like a single player, almost. I don't know if it's a story or what, but it didn't look like tennis <laughs> was well, happening. Again, I haven't, yeah. I haven't done a whole yeah. lot of research. I'm just telling you what I have played is all centered. Oh, tennis. sure. I know there's a single player story mode, and I'm sure it's again. I, I harken back to something like Golf Story, right? There's a whole story going on, but eventually, for you to you know accomplish whatever you want to accomplish to advance the story, you're gonna have to do something golf related in Golf Story. Just like I, I presume it's gonna be something similar, where you're gonna have to do something. Uh, tennis related and again similar to mario golf right like it, it's a lot of the same sort of things you have different characters and storylines and things going on but at the end of the day you gotta do something related to the sport to to move it forward mm-hmm. all right so moving on to a, a little bit of madden talk this is less about what the actual game is going to be we already talked about some of the features that have been revealed for it and we know it's going to have a presence at the ea play press briefing uh, where I believe, based on the schedule they laid out, I believe the focus will probably be on gameplay-related, maybe their new animation system. Uh, so that, that'll be something to look forward to. But we got an interesting development today because it was, what was it? Uh, it wasn't even two, it hasn't even been two weeks, right, since Ben was announced. It may have been, It's. I think, yeah, I don't think it's even been two weeks and uh, we find out today Terrell Owens, who's on the cover of the Hall of Fame edition, he uh, announced that he is not going to attend the enshrinement ceremony, uh, which is an interesting development here because, of course, he's on the cover of the Hall of Fame edition. The Hall of Fame game and then the enshrinement ceremony that follows are literally just a couple days before the release of Madden 19. So EA was certainly planning to use those dates as kind of a launching pad for its release. This doesn't necessarily mean they can't promote the game, obviously. Uh, and they may very well use whatever advertisements, commercials that they were going to run um, before and during the game on NBC and the, the ceremony on NFL Network. But these were great opportunities for them to get more exposure for the game and basically free advertising, having Terrell Owens up giving a speech. And he's been in the news quite a bit recently, kind of some publicity stunts. I saw him begging for a job with the 49ers, which I see these (laughs) public. They're basically publicity stunts. And I feel like he's just trying to get his name out there. And EA loves that. And that's part of the reason why they would have signed him. But I think EA erred here by not... Uh, getting certain assurances in the contract they signed with him, such as you have to attend the enshrinement ceremony. It would seem like uh, a necessity for this. Now, I saw I saw several people on Twitter uh, with the with the thought that this might cause EA to change the cover, change you know to a different Hall of Fame athlete that's that's going in this year or whatever it might be. And I think that's an overreaction. I don't see any reason why the game wouldn't release as is. Terrell Owens is still a Hall of Famer. He's still going into the Hall of Fame, but he's just not going to give a speech that night, and his presence isn't going to be there in the days that lead up to it. Uh, so it's it's an interesting situation, uh, and it's more just from a marketing standpoint that we talk about this, Rich. 
but you know the cover athletes have certain uh they're expected to do certain things and i I don't know if this was one of them but i think ea probably thought it would be yeah it's certainly not what you want there with your cover athlete even if it's not the standard edition or even you have multiple cover athletes i mean what you want with your cover athlete is somebody who will not generate controversy and who best Mm -hmm. represents your game Mm-hmm. Now, as you mentioned, EA knows who Terrell Owens is, yeah. and controversy follows him everywhere, rightly or wrongly, uh, fairly or unfairly. Controversy follows him wherever he goes, and uh, so it was a risky choice. But he's also a very popular former player, right? He, whether you liked him or not, whenever he played, he produced. Big numbers, which is why he's going to the Hall of Fame. And I don't even know the reason why he's he's not attending it. I don't know if he's said why or uh, I really have no idea. It's um, it's because he's offended that I don't know if he said it, but it's pretty obvious he's always been offended that he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. So to me, that's yeah. you know I don't know. I, I mean, I've <laughs> I certainly can't get in the head of a Hall of Fame caliber player and and why you would be offended. To me. I always would have thought that just being voted into the Hall of Fame, no matter how you got there, would be would be good enough. But hey, that's what and that's what fellow Hall of Famers have been saying on Twitter today, basically replying to him saying, "You're you're you're penalizing yourself here. The Hall of Fame isn't losing, but you are missing out on one of the greatest days of your life, basically from yeah. from their own experiences going through it." But from, so uh, from EA's yeah. perspective, I don't see it. I honestly think it'll wind up being a non-issue, right? It's a it's a short-term controversy in mm-hmm. a you know an ocean of controversies that show up and and wash away every single day. I mean, I, it's just unbelievable the the amount and volume of different things that people get upset about and outraged and conversations about here there every day on social media. So honestly, I, I think. Like ninety nine point nine nine percent of any of these things, this will this will become a non issue very very quickly. So uh, ultimately, I think it's a non event. But you know, it, it's certainly not the optimal outcome for EA in this situation. So the main news of the week, though, Rich, is NBA two K nineteen was officially announced. This has become a tradition, really, over recent years, as far as the game getting its first uh, unveiling during the NBA Finals. LeBron James is the cover athlete for the 20th anniversary edition, which is a $100 edition of NBA 2K19. Uh, now, <laughs> I, as it's the 20th anniversary is what they're calling it. It's quite literally only the 19th anniversary of NBA 2K. For some reason, they decided to bump it up a year and call it the 20th anniversary. There's been 20 games in the series, but that's not does not equal anniversary. Uh, they've changed their own definition of what the anniversary is because NBA 2K10, they marketed as the 10th anniversary, which it was. Uh, but for some reason, they're calling this one 20th anniversary, which fine, but then they can't do it next year, too, if they do 
that would I no. I would I would laugh. We can kind of do it if they really want to. They're the ones who get to say what the anniversaries are, I suppose. But yeah, yeah I guess. It, would be, it would be a little awkward to have two consecutive 20th anniversary editions. Besides, yeah. we all know that that 2019 is when the 20th anniversary of Out of the Park baseball comes out. So really, they won't want to get an R way yeah. because they would just get yeah. drowned. That's by what the, you know. Wave that's, that is out of the park. I'm sure that's what they did. They didn't want to. They didn't want to battle with Out of the Park over who has the most prominent 20th anniversary exactly. next year. We're all, you know, uh, we, we worked on this together. We're like the NBA and the NHL, sort of making sure the final games don't, you're getting out don't the go way. on the same night. Yeah. We, we've we've had our people get in touch with their people, and we've worked it all out. Yeah. Well, they're they're moving out of the way, which you can totally expect of a game that sells 10 million copies exactly. a year. Exactly. Exactly. Move right out of the way of a uh, uh, of... small little indie game. Yeah. So. Great move on their part. Uh, $100 uh, for that. It comes out September 7th. So that is the last year's game. NBA 2K18 was the second earliest an NBA licensed game had ever released. Now this one supplants it and becomes the second earliest uh, an NBA game has ever released. So it's September 7th, which if you look at and wonder why EA moved Madden up to the beginning of August, one of the reasons is certainly the competition in the middle of September and now NBA 2K moving to the front end of September would have given only Madden a week to a week and a half of its own uh, before NBA 2K arrived. So it was almost a necessity for Madden to move up, and it made a lot of sense for them doing that. Well, but yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's really good for us, right? Because we get a little time to breathe and really sink our teeth into the games and games like FIFA and NHL will get some more time to spend with as well. Cause we'll be, we'll be almost ready for something new and different now, as opposed to lamenting that, Oh my gosh, FIFA and NHL are coming out well, a week after this or that. So that, let's, let's hope but yeah, but let's hope FIFA and NHL have maybe moved back because otherwise you'd be looking at that at them a week or two after NBA 2k, which oh. is still, it's still a difficult, difficult time for sports gaming fans who who want to play multiple games. They'll get clumped together. But we are getting spaced out a little bit here, at least because of Madden. And the funny uh, thing is, FIFA is the game that should be, you know, should be out earliest. That's when yeah. the that's when the European football leagues start, and yeah. and so that's never made sense. <laughs> or move move it till July, where NCAA football used to be, and there you go. yeah. Because uh, otherwise, you now you're going to have. Uh, I would have to think NBA Live is going to release on this same date, because they don't want to give NBA 2K that advantage. But then EA no. is going to have to move FIFA and NHL back uh, I mean, out of its way. No one's really talking about it, but as you keep moving these games up, you're shrinking the development windows more and more. And I know the team has probably known this, but it doesn't matter whether you know it or not. At the end of the day, you've got a finite amount of days and time to to put the game together and to get it stable and to get it, the builds out there. So I, I gotta believe that. And, and you might say, "Oh, what's two weeks or what's three weeks?" Well, two or three weeks or four weeks times twenty or thirty or forty or fifty people winds up being thousands of man hours that you don't get. So. Um, you know, and, and it almost feels a little bit, Brian, like this this year's Madden. And again, there, there's going to be I could sound foolish after EA play, but it feels like this Madden, you know, by being moved up by what is it? Four weeks uh, is three to four. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a bit of a transitional Madden. Right. I mean, last year was the first on the Frostbite engine with long shot. I don't you know. And again, I know nothing, but. You know, moving it up another month just really dramatically reduces the amount of time that you have to do stuff. And it's already hard to do that in an annual release anyway. So, uh, yeah. you know, but 
hopefully it, it then sort of resets the clock and, and lets them get back on a uh, on a schedule that gives them the full development cycle. And the same thing with NBA 2K, right? Like they're they're shrinking their team's development time. But conversely, these games now, these AAA games are so big and have so much going on. It's not like you can do these monstrous new modes or monstrous new improvements every year anyway at this point. So, you know, it, it's just it, it's an interesting perspective. Overall, I like it. I think it's better uh, with the games getting spaced out and with us just getting some of these games earlier. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, well, let's let's wait and see how September lays out because we still don't have release dates on on live or FIFA or NHL or Pro Evolution. Yep. Or maybe we have Pro Evolution. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember if they set the date, but uh, we have a little bit of info on that game. But uh, so a lot of people will be wondering: Is this one hundred dollar edition worth it for me to buy? So the first thing you're going to get in the hundred dollar edition is that it releases on that September 7th. It releases four days before uh, the standard $60 edition. So this is something that EA has done and, and Sony has done with MLB The Show in recent years, which is you're going to get to play early, but only if you buy the more expensive edition of the game. So it used to be, up until last year with NBA 2K, it was simply pre-order the game, any edition of the game, pre-order it, and you're going to get to play a few days early. So that's the first unfortunate development with this. Uh, and you're going to get uh, 100,000 virtual currency, which is $25 worth if you were just to go and buy it on the marketplace. You're going to get 50,000 My Team points, 20 My Team League packs, 10 My Team Heat Check packs, LeBron, uh, LeBron James My Team card, a LeBron James My Court design. Uh, if you buy the physical edition, you're also going to get a poster and some stickers and a wristband. Uh, so basically, if you break down uh, what what they're offering, you only want to buy this if, one, uh, you play a lot of my team because this is going to get you started in that mode pretty strongly. Or two, you really need to play it those four days early because otherwise you're losing money. If you don't play my team, you're going to be losing quite a bit of money by buying this. Uh, so it just comes down to whether you want to play it early. We know there, we know, Rich, there are people who are happily willing to pay to play games early, uh, but that's essentially what it comes down to. It's that, or if you play my team, I will never tell people how to spend their money. Everybody knows what a dollar means to them. Uh, I loved this past year's NBA 2K, played it quite a bit, but I didn't get into it until probably a month and a half, maybe two months after it came out when I got into basketball mode. To me, early September is not basketball mode. I'm not thinking about basketball as NBA basketball until Christmas, really, because that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's sort of when the NBA – Gets unofficially it starts yeah it unofficially seems to start at with the christmas day games and so i personally won't be doing anything like uh spending a hundred dollars to get uh the game early nor will i be you know participating in any of the, any of that stuff but on the other hand for those people who this is what they do and there are lots and lots of them I'm sure they will happily spend the money and they'll enjoy it and they'll get their money's worth because it's worth it to them for all those packs and perks that you talked about. It's worth it for them to be streaming it four days early or whatever. Like it's completely worth it. It all just comes down to what you want. The good thing is they're being straightforward and honest. They're like, you want to play it four days early? Buy this $100 version of the game. So 
they're being clear. The fans know. Everybody knows. And 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 God bless you if you want it. I probably won't be picking up NBA 2K until October, November. That's just me, unless I get like a nice Amazon deal. But if you, as you remember, Brian, last year and NBA 2K wasn't. I don't think it was on the Amazon. No, it wasn't. Otherwise, it there's really. Yeah, there's very few sports games that you can actually get the discount on through Amazon now. Mario uh, Tennis Aces, forty-seven ninety-nine. Yeah, that's yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo. Um, but like the, the the EA Sports games, no, two K that doesn't seem to be in there. Sony, every Sony game. It's not just MLB the Show. Every Sony game, including Detroit and um, uh, what was the one before that? Uh, God of War. You you could not. Right. You could not. Flat, you could not even pre-order them, let alone get the 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 uh, the twenty percent savings. Yep. So again, you know, I, I'm I believe in the free market. I believe in the power of 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 people spending their money or not spending their money. And if you want to do it, go for it. It's cool that it's there. And uh, there's plenty of people like me who are like, yeah, that's cool, but uh, no thanks. I'll pick it up a little later, uh, and and be happy with that. The bummer you're going to miss out on that sticker sheet, Rich. <laughs> LeBron sticker sheet. Hey, man, who knows where LeBron is going to be when this well, game comes out? Well, that's why they don't have him in, in a jersey on <laughs> the cover art. Uh, uh, the, the last thing, Rich, uh, the prelude is back. Uh, I think this might be the third or fourth straight year where we have a prelude. It's basically a demo, but it carries over to the full game where you start your My Career story mode and uh you get to play a small portion of that uh, start it up and then like i said continue it when or if you buy the game uh so that's august 31st and i don't remember did you do the prelude last year i I know i did and i really did not like it and that really got me off to a uh, sour start on the game but uh hopefully they've they've improved uh my career and we'll have to see whether uh whether vc has been toned down a little bit as far as how they designed that mode specifically around VC and made it artificially so much of a grind that it's uh, almost not enjoyable for for a lot of people anymore. Uh, but I, I also look for better writing, hopefully, out of the story because uh, there's so much potential. There were a couple of years where that uh, where my career was really good, uh, and so the Prelude will offer the first glimpse really of of what kind of changes they've made. And whether it's going to turn out to be something uh, more enjoyable. Oh, I I always play the prelude, right? It's yeah. it's, you know, it's going to be only a couple of hours. To me, that's important. I I don't have the time to commit to long fifty, seventy five, hundred hour kinds of commitments. Generally speaking, I mean, I will play that amount of the game over the course of nine months or so, which I do obviously with a lot of these games. But to me, yeah, I've done the prelude. It's cool. I always like getting that little taste of the game. I guess it doesn't or it hasn't yet done its job. It might do its job this year, which would get me to pre-order the $100 version. I mean, it, it would take a lot for me to do that, but, you know, it's possible. But I'm definitely going to check out uh, the prelude. It's fun. And, and I like the you know how it's sort of centered around uh, the college experience a little bit and all that kind of stuff, too. So I, I got a kick out of the prelude. And, again, it's a free demo. There's There's – it's all mm-hmm. upside, no downside. All right. Well, that'll do it for, for this portion of the episode. As we mentioned at the top, Rich Grisham, you've got uh, an excellent interview coming up here with Scott Drader from Super Mega Baseball 2. So, everyone, stick around for that. And then uh, check back with us this weekend as we cover the news out of EA Play and E3.
Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Press Road Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. We've got a really fun episode this week, something that we've been hoping would happen for quite some time, and now we've finally been able to make it happen. We have Scott Drader, the co-founder of Metalhead Software, with us. And of course, he is best known right now uh, for Metalhead Software's fantastic game, the darling of the Press Road Podcast and many others as well, which is Super Mega Baseball 2, the follow-up to Super Mega Baseball, which has long been a favorite of uh, not only, obviously, all of us on this show, uh, but in the sports game community. Scott, welcome back to the show. It's been quite some time. Yeah, thanks, Rich. It's it's good to be here again. Uh, if somebody would have told me when we finished the first game that it would be this long before uh, joining you on here again, I think I would have uh, I would have freaked out. But but here we are. <laughs> well, yeah. you probably would have freaked out anyway, right? I mean, making yeah. video games is hard, no matter what. Yep. yep. So let's start with today, right? I mean, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of different things, but let's start with today right now. How are you feeling about Super Mega Baseball 2 as we speak in early June of 2018? The game's been out for over a month, I believe, or if not over a month, around a month. Yep. Uh, what, what's going on with it? How are you feeling? What's the community telling you? What, what are you thinking about it? What, you know, just what, what's your overall feeling about it right now? Uh, hey, hey, the game shipped and, uh, you know, the, the, the community seems to be pretty happy with what we've done with it. And uh, it's summer here and we're not uh, slaving over our computers uh, too, too many excessive hours right now. So, so that's great. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we're really happy with the reception. Um, you know, the, with the, everything we, we changed, like, I mean, we really rebuilt so many pieces of this game that, uh, uh, you know, and that that led to it being a long development cycle. But we changed a lot of stuff, so there were definitely, you know, we we were worried to, to some extent what people would say about or, or or think about, you know, in terms of things that they liked about the first game changing or or some things like totally, you know, th- there's there's some pieces that aren't there in the same way that they were before and stuff. So you you worry about um, what the reception is going to be with that stuff, but uh, I think things have panned out pretty well. So it's, I could certainly sit here and talk about Super Mega Baseball, but. You, I'd love to sort of hear, you know, if you had to give the, I don't want to say the elevator pitch because I don't want you to feel like you got a rush, but -hmm. from your perspective, you know, you're the designer, the creator, this is the second version of a game. Again, we'll get into a lot of these details that was very much a, a labor of love. But if you had to describe to somebody, what is Super Mega Baseball 2? What, in, in your words, what is this game and why? What, what, in your mind, makes it the special experience that so many people believe that it is? Um, I, I think it's a, a really pure distillation of, of some really good, innovative, fun Twitch mechanics that, that uh, are hard to find these days. Um, there's, there's a lot of big, complex products out there, and uh, SMB is, is, a, is a really streamlined, just really fun pickup to play, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, a new set of game mechanics that are, that are quite different from anything uh, that I've necessarily or that, that I've played in, in baseball games in the past. So one of the comments that I hear, and I certainly feel the same way myself, is that, yes, yeah, Super Mega Baseball is easy to pick up and play. However, the controls and the depth of the gameplay are on par with the big boys like MLB The Show. Now, is that something that you set out to do specifically or is that something that sort of advanced over time 
because I, I know when we first you know met, one of your goals was to make a game that everybody that likes you know sports or excuse me, everybody that likes that likes video games could play. But obviously, over time, you know, there have been a lot of mechanics that you've built out and designed and tested and modified and thrown out and built new ones and stuff. So, you know, I mean, do you, I mean, I'm sure you hear it, you know, how does that make you feel when you sort of hear those, those, yeah, easy to play, but, uh, you know, complex in a good way to master? And, and is that something you set out to do? Um, it, when we were, when we were kind of drawing up what it, what it might be, what this game might be back in like 2009, like utterly naive, no idea how, how this was actually going to happen. But, um, I think, I think the initial plan was something a little bit simpler, um, a little bit, uh, less sophisticated on the SIM front, but then, and, 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 but, but the, the game being accessible to a wide audience was always part of it right from the beginning. But I think over time we, we maybe realized that, um, having it be accessible, but also having it be pretty SIM heavy, um, are are reasonably compatible you know it's that making a game accessible doesn't necessarily mean that it, that it can't have uh you know a lot of depth to it you just have to be careful how you design the interface to that depth so with the pitching is my favorite thing um I love the pitching mechanics. How, and to me, they feel, there's obviously some similarities between the original Super Mega Baseball and the new one, but there's also some differences too. Talk to me a little bit about sort of the design of the pitching, what you wanted it to be, where it wound up, and, and some of the key decisions that you made over the course of getting this game put together. <laughs> the pitching mechanic that, that that's in SMB, it's funny because... Um, we might have talked about this uh, back in the day, but um, but but the, the the pitching mechanic that actually went into Super Mega Baseball One was like version five, and and it was we we rebuilt the pitching mechanic from scratch. Like it, we had five completely different things in there, and just nothing. We wanted to do something new there. Nothing was clicking, and then I think the 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 mechanic that that actually shipped was probably the last piece of the core game to get finished. So you. you you're of course worried about something that comes together really late. It's like we haven't had time to balance this. That went out in the first game and and ended up being, you know, like it was one of the areas of the game that people thought was was you know one of the best things about it. So that was a huge surprise. Um, with two, uh, we didn't go like really two wasn't about like, and I'm actually talking about the whole game, not just the pitching mechanic, like. We, we made a conscious decision not to mess with the gameplay too much. We said, there's a good thing here that, that not enough people have seen. Uh, we need to refine it. We need to refine it. We need to, th there's some specific things uh, around the edges that we need to add to it, but, but mostly we, we need to present it in a, in a, you know, a little bit more of a broader appealing way. But yeah, pitching, you know, pitching in SMB2, really it's, it, it's a refinement of, of SMB1, and, and we made a conscious decision that that's what it should be at the beginning of the project. And of course, one of the big differentiators, or I don't even know if it's a differentiator, just one of the one of the core tenets or fundamentals of Super Mega Baseball, not only two, but also the original, is the notion of ego, which is kind of like a difficulty slider, but it's also it's also more than that. Um, we we've talked, and it's been a couple of years, obviously. We've talked about sort of the the uh, genesis of of ego. What what is ego? 
mean to you now and and sort of what how did you refine it and what do you want it to explicitly do and mean for players of of the game and and if you're not familiar with super mega baseball i don't know if i'll explain it right but basically ego is a slider that you can attach that will make your experience more or less difficult uh, but also will generate, you know, in, in the various modes, you know, sort of more or less rewards as well. And, and there's a lot more to it. But again, talk to me about ego and, and, and your overall approach to it and what, how you sort of came up with it and stuck with it and modified it for Super Mega Baseball 2 from the original. Yeah, um, ego was like, I have to go back to like 2009 I, I, again on that one because there was a decision way back about, like, how are we going to do difficulty in this game? And the idea is the thing we settled on right from the beginning and built around this idea for, for, for um, years was that everything difficulty related was going to be kind of like a, a on a continuum. Nothing was going to change. Like, there was going to be no sort of like discrete change in mechanics or some new thing that shows up on the screen that isn't there when you're playing on easy or some fundamental change in the mechanic that 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 only is introduced later in the in the difficulty curve. Uh, that was kind of something we decided on way back. So that meant you know there's a number in the code there. There's a number between zero and one, and the whole game has to to look at that number and and make you know which whichever area of the game it is has to adapt accordingly to that number um and the idea like that was just born out of like experience playing sports games well not even just sports games just just games over the years myself and and, and you know the crew that was working on the game you know that you run into things in games a lot where you you just you feel like it's really hard to find the difficulty that, that you're in that like really uh that zone that with when a game's too easy it just you know you, you you can lose interest and when it's too hard you get frustrated and you want to throw your controller through your tv but but you want to be in that zone where you feel like you're right at the edge of 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 what you're capable of in the game that you're playing and and you know that 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 idea uh combined with like a continuous difficulty uh uh setting that could kind of keep you right at that flow was was sort of like the core design for the system um and then maybe the the most interesting thing about what we've done with it for the second title is 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 just like how it's a part how how it um exists how it coexists with the competitive online mode so it's 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 like it's the same thing in the single player game as as it was in the first game in the sense that you know you can configure it per mechanic and it it does there's 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 you know the batting pitching base running fielding and it does different things depending which of those mechanics you're playing uh it there's a few additional things that it does in SMB2 that it, it didn't do in SP1 there, there. But 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 in, the, the most interesting thing I think is just how it's used in online, and, and what we do there is is uh, depending on the your the the long term estimate that the that the the the, the back end systems actually determine your skill to be the higher the ego you're going to play. Or sorry, the higher your skill estimate, the higher your ego is going to be. So it's kind of this system where when new players come in, they'll be matched up in what is ultimately an easier game. Um, and as they get better, they'll play a harder and harder game against people who are better and better at the game. And, and you know, that was kind of just like driven out of this idea that like, if we're going to have this really twitch, really skill based game, you're going to have an extremely wide spectrum of users of your user skill. And you can't just put those people in, into, into the same game that the game needs to adapt for their skill level. It, that's just the nature of the game. Um, but yeah, I think that that probably was the, the most interesting change to ego for two. And then of course you have Mojo on top of that as well. 
you know, what what was your goal with Mojo, and and what are some of the experiences you had in sort of combining or not combining but like you know you have to make all of these systems work together you got your ego you got your mojo then you got your gameplay mechanics and then you mentioned it right you got a hit you got a pitch you got to run the bases you got to feel there's a lot going on under the covers i imagine there's a, a few more lines of code in uh in super mega baseball 2 than there was in the original so how do you how do you sort of figure out the best way to combine all of these things especially as i mentioned with like mojo and ego to sort of put it all together lots of long uh deliberation in the meeting room <laughs> honestly uh yeah we, we did we sat down and talked about this stuff for ages and you know ha- half the work is in just just weighing the pros and cons of doing things one way or the other and eventually you make make a kind of call on, on on the way that, that that we're that you know we'd sit down and really just think if we do it this way uh is that going to lead is is that going to over time kind of go off the rails and just not work or 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 or, or is that something that we can kind of keep on that nice uh you know keep the user on in, in that good flow mode uh with and i think with 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 um you know mojo and and the game's new fitness system uh you know, we we actually like we probably spent three days just talking about that before any any code ended up getting written, and 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 then after that, it just comes down to endless. Those systems went in early, so we we actually like relatively early, I suppose. So, um, especially Mojo Fitness was a bit later, but it, there was a long time to 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 just play with it and make sure that it responded to the right things. And and uh, you know, I, I think. You know, we, we've even tweaked it a little bit after launch, and I'm, I'm happy with where those systems are at. But the difference, like Mojo and Fitness, uh, the, the idea with those mechanics are really to drive kind of like your uh, your bench utilization, um, and, and really just to add some emergent stuff. And, and when you're playing seasons, just you don't want to sit down with e- before every game and feel like you're playing with the same team, or, or or feel like there's not something happening within your team. So Mojo and Fitness are both really about. Um, you got to you got to look at the state of your team like a manager and think about what the best starting lineup is and think about you know who who really is available on your bench and who you should should let rest a game or two that's kind of the 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 type of uh you know gameplay flow we're trying to go with with those mechanics you mentioned the teams and this is something that you know it, it's hard when you're playing with a major league baseball licensed game it's hard enough to sort of understand your team and who's going to perform well and what situations and what the best matchups are. And that's when you even sort of have at least some understanding of who these people are that are in your lineup. Right. But with Mm -hmm. super mega baseball and super mega baseball too, obviously it's not a, a licensed game. These are, these are teams that you've created and characters that you've created. What went into and what, was your overall mindset in sort of creating these teams that have to have distinct characteristics that could be recognizable? So, you know, because you do have different teams that have different, different characteristics, right? Some teams are more power hitting. Some teams are all about the starting pitching. Some teams are all about the speed. Some teams are balanced. What's the, what is the approach and how do you, how do you sort of come up with that right mix and then put it into play and, and then tweak and adjust? I got to imagine there was, there, there was a lot of iterations you had on, on the teams. What's your overall approach with that? Uh, it, probably, it probably just goes back to, you know, like even like RTS mechanics of Starcraft, you got your three factions or whatever. They all have to have their strengths and weaknesses so that you get interesting. You know, it, it's just having, uh, it's made, you know, and, and 
we, we could honestly that that stuff is still based on real baseball like wh- whether it's not attached to any real sort of teams but the ideas behind the teams and their strengths and weaknesses are, are just trying to highlight the the you know types of strengths and weaknesses that you would see across real baseball teams then of course we try to attach um a lot of fun you know you you, you raise an interesting point which is like well now you, your users need to have a, a hook to remember this stuff because uh, it's a lot even in our game there you know uh 16 teams uh 21 players per team that's a lot of players to to you know start to remember and get a feel for um so we tried to come up with some really distinctive teams and and memorable teams and a lot of fun names and uh, you know oftentimes you can kind of tell by the appearance or the name of the player what the what their thing might be so we try to drop hints in there about about uh what a player's thing might be uh in the presentation and uh you know it, it hopefully um it's not too hard to get a feel for 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 what the what the strengths and weaknesses of the teams are based on the way that it's presented. Like we, we, we didn't go with too many uh, stats or attributes on the players. And, and, you know, there's a pretty quick summary of like what a, a, an individual team's uh, strength or weaknesses are. So it all comes down to the interface and, and then how, how much you make uh, your players read uh, to, to get a feel for, for what, the, what they're playing with. Personally, I love pennant race mode. I think it's, it's, it's just what I get the most out of. It's new for Super Mega Baseball 2. Has the reception been what you were hoping it would be for pennant race mode? And what are some of the things that you've seen happen that maybe you expected and are happy about or you that weren't expected and you're just like, huh, that's interesting. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, um, pennant races, uh, that, that's, that has been you know maybe the most exciting part of the launch for us because it's uh, – it's 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 a totally new thing for the game. Uh, it's it's the online play, but it's also like the meta game for the online play. Um, uh, so, so that's been like a huge learning experience, like on pretty much like every every angle. Like building it was a huge experience, like learning experience. Like the tech behind it uh, was was all new to us, um, and even even sort of like the gameplay design of. Uh, how it how it plays out and how, how it ranks players and stuff that that stuff is like I, I can't even like you know we'd have to have several people from the team on here to even like remotely explain how how all that stuff works but um it, it that's been fascinating because um it's it's our first time doing a competitive mode um a competitive multiplayer mode and and you watch how your your user base responds to it and how they talk about it and which pieces of of, of the, the metagame that they latch onto and 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 care about um and and and, and you know you, you learn the things you're doing in the game that are that, that are that are like making them feel rewarded and the things that they aren't feeling rewarded with respect to uh so, so that's all been really interesting i mean we've even seen recently that that, that a lot of our players are, are playing you know that they're really focusing on on their rating and even though pennant race is actually you know it's, it's a every week you play uh a sequence of games and you're, you're, you're you know you want to win your pennant race each week it's a week-long competition then we see a lot of people that seem to care more about their rating versus the week-long competition so and you know we we, we attribute that to like you know the fact that the rating is displayed so prominently in the ui and whatnot so uh you, you really learn about um how 
your game communicates importance to, to the importance of the, of, of the game systems to, to, to the community. And, you know, so, so we're actually, we got, we got a big set of changes coming, uh, to, to, to add a bunch more meat dependent race that we didn't have, um, at launch. Um, but that mode overall has been, uh, a blast to build and, uh, you know, it's 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 the one we're putting the most time into post-launch because we've learned it was impossible to get that to exactly what we wanted it to be at launch because we just didn't have the information yet. It's a mode you have to put out there. You have to see how people are playing it, how they're talking about it, uh, and, and then then you have the information you need to to make the next steps. What else have you learned by watching how players are interacting with your game? For example. Are there certain teams that get used a lot more? Are there certain players that that may have a lot more success than others? When I mean players, I don't mean individual human players. I mean you know players that you created in the game. Are, you know have there have there been some things that you've seen that will make you go, okay, that's what we were hoping for, or ooh, might need to make some adjustments there. You know whether it's teams, players, or, or you know anything else for that matter. Yeah, on on the teams front. Um it's no secret that everyone has gravitated towards the power hitting teams. We put out some data the other day, uh, not the other day, I guess it was a week and, and some ago, just about like what the team usage actually looked like. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people playing with the power teams and we dropped one hint in there that was that actually, Hey, the, our data says the most successful team in this game mode, uh, is actually one of the least, uh, used teams. So I'm not going to say which one, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to blow that cover. Yeah, like, we gotta, sure. but, 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 um, you know, people definitely, there's probably teams that, that feel good to use right away. And it, it seems like everyone else is using them. So that's an easy reason. It's, it's easy to convince yourself that that should be the team that I'm using too. But, um, th there are, there are some, uh, there's some other considerations that, that need to be kept in mind when picking your team. Uh, so, so that's been that's been fascinating. Just 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 seeing which teams are getting chosen, knowing what their uh, strengths are, and and which ones aren't getting uh, chosen, even knowing their success rates. That that's been a lot of fun. One of my favorite things, and it's gonna might sound a little silly. One of my favorite things about Super Mega Baseball is that it is a complete package, right? Not only does it play really well. But and not only are there is there more to do, you know, there's there's plenty to do. You can sort of play offline, you can play online, you can play with a friend, you can play against a friend, you can do all sorts of those kind of things. Some of which you could do in the original Super Mega Baseball and some you couldn't. But it also looks really good. Now we're, we're gonna talk about sort of the player art style in a minute, but I mean the stadiums look good, the the the, the colors are big and bright, you know, there's a lot going on. What, where does, I mean, is there sort of a prioritization that you have for, okay, well, you know, this is first, this is second, this, this is third when it comes to gameplay and looks and, and, and the, the audio and, and all those kind of things. I mean, it, the game overall just looks great instead of playing great. Where, where, did, where did the look and, and designing the visuals, especially now that you've got these super duper Xbox One X's and PS4 Pros and people are playing on 4K TVs, like, where did the visual sort of fall in in priority and, and resources when it comes to building this game? Um, really high, honestly. Um, you know, you've heard you've heard the debate. You know, 
graphics versus gameplay you know how, how important like is it really how important are the graphics very you know it's, my opinion anyway very important yeah uh, you know what? I totally agree with you, and uh, I think I think um, you know Super Mega Baseball One was probably an interesting case study in that area. You know, like because because we that that was a game that I think uh, um, you know a, a, because of the way that it looked. I, I think that it, you know it was it was uh, you know for lack of a better word um, you know a, a little off the beaten path in its in, in its uh, you know. A visual design. Well, that was um, that was by design, though, right? When we talked it, about it, it, you guys had it, a vision and you, you you put it out there. It was, it was, but but you know, um, we we do we, we did realize, like you know, like a lot of people are are not playing this game um, after making a quick judgment on it based on its appearance. Mm, okay. So so we that we we put that as really high priority for for the second version. We said this this thing needs to look a lot sharper. So, um we tore everything up. I think I think we rebuilt every freaking asset in that game. Uh, <laughs> which is why which is why it took so long to build, but uh even, you know, they're the same kind of the stadiums are like the same places, the, the same concepts, but like the, everything in there is is uh, has been replaced pretty much. Um you know, obviously the character art was is is very different. Um, that was an area that we, you know, go, going back to earlier talking about like, were we planning to make this thing a, a simulation as much as it is now? Um, we, 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 we found that the character proportions in the first game were actually far enough off from that of real people that it actually affected the ability to make the simulation of the game better. Mm, so, 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 th so that led, you know, cause, cause I think, uh, I think they were about, nine the the you know it's it's hard to tell with their huge heads but the players in the first game are something like nine feet tall and they could jump you know a line drive into the right center field gap they could jump and snag a ball out of the air at like 15 18 feet in the air so it gets pretty tough to balance your sim <laughs> with those proportions um so so that's why that's why we went with um you know pr pretty close to they're, they're still like lightly caricatured um well maybe not lightly they're, they're still caricatures of people in two but um but the proportions are pretty close uh they got big hands and maybe slightly larger heads than real people but but uh the height and the reach and the stride length are, are all pretty close to to real world uh proportions and that helped with the with the um with the sim and that was a big big part of the presentation rework so yeah Rebuild all the assets, change the proportions of the characters to uh, to um, real more realistic levels, and then and then we we did just also like implement um, an entirely more modern um, art art pipeline and uh, more realistic rendering and just you know mo moving closer. I don't want to like compare it to like a an AAA game uh, at this point, but it's it's a lot closer. Um, or you know it, it has a lot of that tech in there at this point, um, especially compared to the first game. Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be frank. I really like the player design a lot more in Super Mega Baseball yeah. Two. Yeah, uh, you know, it was very polarizing area for sure. <laughs> you know, another area that to me seems to be born of I don't want to say born of necessity because that's not true, but certainly another area that seems to be something that is vital for a game that is a sports game that is non-licensed is customization. There is a tremendous amount of customization that you offer, at least in some of the modes, as far as naming players and designing players. 
where does customization sort of fit in in your priorities and and what has your reaction been to to what people have been able to do in super mega baseball too when it comes to to making the experience more their own yeah um so like with presentation online and online play customization was kind of like the other that was like the third big thing that we were trying to do with the sequel so those those three areas like um maybe not in any particular order, those three areas were the things for, for the sequel. Um, and yeah, with customization, it's just, um, you, you can open the game up to, to the, it, it just increases the replayability so much to, to be able to do whatever you want with it. Um, and uh, we went <laughs> we went almost like maybe even deeper with it than we needed to go. Um, we, we spent a lot of time in the customization stuff and I'm really proud with what the crew, uh, about what the crew was able to put together there. Um, it, it does a lot of things for, for, um, you know, c- compared to what SMB one did, that's a huge leap in terms of everything you can do there. And it's been great so far that that was an area. I mean, people have been very, we've had great feedback on the customization stuff and, and it's, it's wonderful to have, uh, the, those systems in place going forward. One of the one of the other things that and I, I mentioned this on on the show before, uh, one of the other things that is appealing in a very subtle way about Super Mega Baseball Two is the fact that you've got guys and girls that are playing baseball, and they're, they're, it's not like I don't think you guys have ever made a big deal about it. It's just yeah, this is the game, and obviously when you have a you know sort of your own universe that you created, you can take liberties uh, and 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 do that. Where, when did that, and I know this was the case in the original Super Mega Baseball too, so it's not like this is new, but I mean, again, it's just, it's, it's refreshing in not only that it just is, I think, a really fun way to make a game because you potentially bring more people in, right? Boys and girls being able to play a game and, and create versions of, of themselves or at least, you know, see, uh, you know, see, see both, you know, guys and, and girls in the game. But, you know, when, when, and how did that come in? I mean, was it was it something that you just decided a long time ago had to be the way? Was it organic? What what feedback have you gotten about it? I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on that. Again, now that the game's been out uh, in the wild for a while, again the the second version, it's not new. But talk to me a little bit about about that. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, there there was like, uh, you know, I think the history on how all that came together is is interesting. Like, um, at some point way back, it was like, okay, we're we're building a sports game that isn't going to be licensed. So all of a sudden, all of these things that you know, w- w- in a licensed game would already be decided for you, you know, what the what are who who are right. these players? Who like are these in, teams? in out of the park baseball, we can't, you know accurately portray a major league baseball team with anybody but the real major league baseball players but that is uh, not a weight that you have so to speak yeah exactly um so you know we were thinking if if this isn't going to be a licensed game let let's did you, did you ever play any of those games back in the day? I'm trying to think of examples off the top of my head, but like sometimes games Backyard would baseball go, or something. You mean? Well, well, with players that, that that there was games that would almost like try to be licensed, but but um, like they weren't licensed games, but they'd they'd use the attributes of the players sure. or miss or misspell the names and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I, I I actually really didn't like that. That was like, you know, that just said that was just like it's a big red sign that says we don't have the license. 
<laughs> and, and and when we decided to go in in a on, you know, well, not, I mean, not like we had a choice. Our, our first, our very first version of this game was going to be unlicensed no matter what. Uh, you know, we, we said let's just let, like let's make this game different by like really going, um, you know hard on the fictional world and the fictional players and, and, and the stadiums and the players and, and, and a really easy decision as part of that was like, well, well, yeah, let's, let's be inclusive here and, and, and have ladies on the field as well. Why not? I mean, there's no reason not to do that. Um, uh, and, and that, that just, that just fell out of the design. So we ended up, you know, we, we did ballparks and, you know, they're not in re- specifically in real places, but they're they're takes on places all over the world, um, and you know the teams are like pr- pretty wide variety of uh, of uh, of team styles, like even in the art and stuff. So we just we just wanted to have a you know a lot of fun with the with the look and feel of the the teams and the environments and stuff, and and you know having the, the the ladies on the field was was an easy choice to be part of that kind of direction have you been surprised by reactions in any direction about that or has the you know has it kind of been like no big deal because it was never really mentioned as a big deal anyway yeah the latter actually which is great um the, we haven't had want, a lot right yeah, it, it it you know nobody seems to 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 be bothered by it, and and we we get lots of people making all sorts of crazy teams with you know all, all varieties of teams. So that's been great. Um, awesome. Doesn't seem to be a big deal for anyone, and and uh, we're happy with that. That's great. That's uh, that's frankly how it should be, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, one of the you know I keep saying one of the, but you know one of the things that I particularly find. Uh, interesting about Super Mega Baseball 2 is the, you know, the ability to, to play it a, a few different ways, right? It's not just player versus player. You can you can mix and match in, in how you play the game. How important was it to you to offer different kinds of experiences that that really will change how you play a game when it comes to you know one player, or multiple players, or co-op and versus and all that. Yeah. Um... With 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 uh, we had the local um, we had the local like head to head play and, and co op play in the first game. We did make some big improvements to the to the co op uh, part of that. Or sorry, the 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 head to head local play got a lot of improvements for SMB two. But but on on the multiplayer front, um, I, I think that just came, I really think it's like a different group of people that 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 are gonna play competitive online multiplayer versus. Uh, those that that want to play with their friends. I mean, I, I think I think playing kind of a I think it's a much more casual experience to jump uh, uh, on with 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 your brother or something and play a co-op season against the CPU than it is to you know you know jump on your couch and, and play really seriously. Absolutely. And, and, and Absolutely. It, yeah. So it's just the, the, I feel like those are very different audiences, um, and and we just wanted there to be something there for both of those audiences. You know, one of my favorite experiences of the year in video games at all was uh, very early on when Super Mega Baseball 2 came out and uh, Brian, Pasta Padre, and Pete Dodd, great friend of the show, and I, we were all on. We're like, hey, let's play some Super Mega Baseball. And it was the three of us. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of accidentally did a two two versus one. And it was, yeah. it was great. I'm like, I can't believe I'm even doing this, right? It was Brian versus Pete and I. Pete and I know Pete and me. Yeah. 
I can speak. Uh, Brian versus uh, me and Pete, maybe. I don't even know. I'm going to get killed on Twitter for screwing this all up. But it was Brian versus they're gonna, the They're going to remember the score, and they're going to give you shit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, like, when it's when it's two of you, you sort of alternate pitching in an inning, and you alternate it's every other at bat, right? It, it makes sense. But then just the fact that we could just accidentally play two-on-one and that we could have fun while doing it was was so cool. There's a lot of different iterations, ways that you can play it. I've sort of have have there been anything that has sort of stood out to you and surprised you pleasantly with, you know what, we didn't really sort of think a whole lot about this thing, but it's happened and it's worked out great and is actually kind of sort of a maybe a, a hidden gem or, or diamond. Because like I've been telling everybody that two versus one in Super Mega Baseball, like it used to be, and not used to be, but, you know, a lot of sports games, if you want to play the right way, you got to play, okay, it's just you versus another player. Or, you know, if you're playing your online team mode, you got to have five versus five in basketball or whatever. Uh, how many sort of iterations have you seen and have, like I said, have been either happily surprised by or just like, oh, yeah, we didn't really sort of plan this to happen, but yeah, this works great and, and this is going in the game. <laughs> I'll probably think of a good answer to that, and like you know, right after we get off uh, <laughs> of the podcast here. Um, well, I mean, had I prepared you by like sending questions before <laughs> something, it probably would have helped you out. Instead, I'm just throwing all this stuff at you with no prep at all. Sorry about that. Uh, no, that'd be no fun. Um, uh, you know, we the, the online modes are like they're a they're a step from the from the local modes. So so like the one versus one, two versus one, two versus two play. Uh, you know, we, 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 really wanted to like, we, we kind of, like, I guess sort of one, another, one of the design pillars on the game was like, let's make the online experience as similar as possible to the couch party experience. So like the experience, I suppose that you're just talking about happening right there, like playing two versus one, uh, with your buddies online with, that's by the way, with different mojo, different ego. Well, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's crazy. Just the fact that. I had like a 33 while Pete had like a 40 and Brian had a 50 and all self chosen too, by the way, yep. like that interaction and that mix of, of numbers and players, my gosh, I can't imagine. That's really complex stuff. Yeah. The, the handicap, the ego is a handicapping system in the game is something that I think works really well. Um, and, and it's, it worked pretty well on the first game too. So it's a carryover and, 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 uh, that experience you're talking about, like that was an experience you could have in the first game, locally in front of one tv um and and we just wanted that to be uh possible online so so like we really tried to design the online experience around the idea that like whether you're shared screen or or whether you have a friend and you're playing against two friends in another city or something like that like it's 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 gonna play as close as possible to to to, to local play uh when you're online um and hopefully that worked out um it sounds, yeah, you know, th that experience that you're telling, that's great to hear because that, that is what we were going for with it. So very interesting launch for Super Mega Baseball 2 in that you launched as part of Games with Gold on the Xbox on Microsoft platform and you launched as a standard retail game, digital, digital only, right? No physical release for Super Mega Baseball 2? Uh, yeah, not there's no physical. That that's something that could happen in the future, but right. but yeah, yeah, it did happen after the launch of the original Super Mega Baseball, right? There was a retail no. release. No, 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 we we didn't do we didn't no retail oh, on yeah. SMB one. Okay, nope. I thought you nope. did for some reason. Okay, we 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 did Xbox and and Steam 
uh, well after the original launch, which was on PlayStation. PlayStation, right. So you're maybe maybe thinking about that, but no retail. Right. So this year, instead of launching just on one, or not this year, but this this game, instead of launching on just uh, one platform, like you, Super Mega Base will launch on the PlayStation and came afterwards, like you just mentioned, you went, uh, free is not the right term because you pay for Xbox Live, but you went, you know, I, we'll just say it, you went free on Xbox and and you know standard digital release on playstation 4 when did that come together and what are some of the lessons that you learned from that because it's a you know again in 2018 as the video game industry continues to try to figure out what do we want to do do we want to be digital do we want to be subscription do we want to be free to play with with things that you get people to pay for afterwards as the as the industry continues to just not know what we're doing right mm. what yeah was, yeah what was that and what i'd love to hear how that came together and sort of your your thoughts on that both before and after now that you're a month out of that from that yeah yeah i, I know you guys talk about this stuff on this podcast sometimes and some and people I, say a lot too much but i can't help <laughs> it. i like it it's interesting yeah it, it is. I, I think it's super interesting, too. And you really do see uh, the industry kind of trying to find its way um, w- with respect to this kind of, you know, premium versus versus microtransactions and DLC versus subscriptions. And everybody's trying all these different things. Um, yeah. Um, with 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 this game and the launch we did, I mean, we, we were thinking about um, this type of thing, like as far back as when the first game what became a part of uh, Xbox Gold, um, Games of Gold. Uh, so it's something that has been talked about uh, for a long, long time. Um, and, you know, like it, it, it just like it really the, the the reason we decided to do that ultimately is like, you know, pretty much two things that won't surprise you at all. It's like it, 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 it's a major marketing initiative, especially like, you know, for a studio like us, like we're not we're you know still a relatively small team not like a massive marketing budget we got to get eyeballs on the game and i mean there's like there's so many games out there there's so many good cheap games there's so many good like expensive games with massive marketing budgets and you're competing against all these games for preach it preach it well it's brutal and uh you know this was a way to um you know Get, get, get the game out there and ha- have a lot of people see it. Um, you know, w- would we have done that with like a, with a, like a story, if, you know, we're not a story driven game or a sports game, but uh, you know, it, it's the type of game that will, you know, probably do more of it. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, if, if, it, if it was a story game launching into something like gold might be kind of crazy because you can't really expect people to come back to it so much later. Um, but that's different with, with a sports game. Um, so yeah, you know, marketing. And then the other one is, is, uh, this is a brand new competitive multiplayer game. And like how, how many games have we seen in the indie or even triple a space, uh, dry up in terms of their multiplayer scene, like quickly. Um, there's so many options out there. Um, we're seeing, People gravitate towards in in massive numbers towards a, a very small number of, of of the games that are out there, you know, in some sense. So, it, having any kind of like like mo- like active multiplayer community community is like not 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 an easy thing to build. So, um, we we thought that this was a, a way to to make sure that there was enough people online um, at launch, uh, and thought that was really important. 
Did you I get? Don't, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, I, I don't know that it, it, if we had launched this game without like a promotion like this, you know, would there have been enough people online to, to have pennant race, like really uh, be a thing for some amount of time? I, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's it, you can't you can't see both outcomes, obviously. But um, we knew that that uh, multiplayer user base was something that we really had to think about with the pennant race mode. Did you catch any flack from you know Sony people like saying, "Hey, what's going on?" Or was was everybody cool basically? And I mean, I obviously it's the internet; you're always going to have somebody. But I mean, relatively speaking, right? Has has it has it have there been any any concerns or any you know feedback, material feedback, one way or the other, or has it worked out well for you on both platforms? Well, you know, I think like there, there are some there's some fans upset um, that that you know that well I remember they there was so that we did a beta on Xbox and not PlayStation stuff, but ultimately I think the community came to understand that 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 this was um, you know ultimately doing that benefited the whole community like it provided the online user base it gets it gets eyes on the game it makes the game more popular which is good for the whole community uh, for everyone that plays this game no matter what platform you're on so. Um, I, I think it went okay. It's hard. It's hard to know what everyone thinks, but um, you know, it, it, it's a situation where we, you know, an opportunity was presented, and you know, we thought it was best that that, that we take it this time. I am a very vocal proponent of the Xbox Games Pass. I'm mm-hmm. a subscriber, and uh, I, I think it makes my Xbox a lot more fun. Super Mega Baseball is one of the games on the Xbox Games Pass. I'm very interested to know your opinion on that. Did you see a, a big uptick in in usage when your game got on there? There's a bunch of games on there, but it's certainly you know there, there's it's it it can be found. Um, and and I'm just your overall thoughts on it. Uh, I'd love to hear what you you have to say. It's tough to comment on that one because we did um, – I can't remember how the exact timing panned out, but we did gold on the first game, X- Xbox Gold, Games with Gold, for Super Mega Baseball 1. Uh, I forget what month it was in, but but then so, – so it's hard to kind of tell where, where our numbers are coming from. Like how, how much of that is people that downloaded it with gold versus people that are playing it through Game Pass. Sure. It's, re- it's really hard to tell that apart. Yep. Uh, but I think the uh, – hey, I think it's a – you know – Game Pass and PlayStation Now are really interesting services. Are you on PlayStation uh, Now as well? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're on both. Yeah. Oh, great! Um, I didn't even realize that. Okay, so you can get the original Super Mega Baseball on Games Pass or on PlayStation Now. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, they're, they're interesting. Um, uh, they're really interesting programs, and you know, you know, uh, I imagine people like Super Mega Baseball. If you get into it, you can play it for 120, 160 hours, whatever you want. So it, it's probably you know they probably like that aspect of it um but they're they're cool programs and they're really great for you know especially especially games like in the middle tier that that they're yes they're they're not big enough to be like massively advertised to everyone uh but they're still really thorough interesting well-made games like those programs are great for games like in that class i think couldn't agree more totally agree <clears throat> you know, you mentioned the team a couple of times. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about them. Video games are made by people, by human beings. Metalhead Software is a small group. Uh, I'd love for you to talk about a few of the people on the team behind uh, Super Mega Baseball 2. 
what are what are some of the some of the people and and what do they do and and what do they contribute yeah um we we were i think we like i think we had five employees at the time that we shipped uh smb1 and we're 13 now and and then we've always had uh, a handful of people doing you know part-time or contract work on the side so um uh, you know we 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 we, uh, there was probably something like on the first game, maybe a total of like eight to ten people had worked on it with like kind of the core team being five or six or seven. And this time, maybe 25 people in total with the core team being more like 15 or 16 kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little different than before. I feel like we're still a small enough studio that uh, that that we you know, we, we can still, we can still all meet in one room and we, we do that. <laughs> we do that once or twice a week, get in the same room and just talk about things. Um, and, and when we do break into teams, there's, there's not, you know, there's not that many teams. It's just a handful, but you know, the art team, uh, Tobin and Dan and Alex did a great job that the art team is only three people, um, on this title, I mean, or, or at least the, the full, full-time in-house, uh, our team is only three. So they, they did all the character art, all the animation and all the, uh, all the stadiums, like just the three of them. So I, I think that's a heck of a, a lot of high quality art to get turned out by by just a few guys. Pretty great. And then there would have been about, um, let's see, eight eight of us that 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 uh, pro- programmed, uh, that did all the programming stuff. And really proud. Um, I don't want to enumerate every single person. I'm going to end up forgetting someone and then feeling super bad. But um, I think the, the, the tech team as, as a whole did like an unbelievable job uh, on this game. That there's a, the the customization systems and the and the the fact that we rebuilt like the whole UI and uh, the the you know got got a pretty pretty good start on uh, some complex multiplayer game modes and features. That's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and it all runs at 60 FPS, no matter what piece of hardware you're playing on. Um, I, I think they did an unbelievable job on that. Um, and yeah, uh, we th- th- there's a lot of people behind the scenes. I'm, I'm not going to try to to name every single person, but uh, it, it's it's been a delight to to feel like that w- w- with this game that um, that. It, there isn't just one person that that knows how to how to deal with uh, each area of the game. Like that's something you feel that in a really small team, and I'm sure a lot of any developers are familiar with that feeling, where it's like if someone isn't there that week, you you just can't make progress um, on on a particular area. And and I think we're you know we, we've we've made a lot of leaps and strides there where there's where there's, there's some overlap. And instead of one person just slaving over a particular problem and trying to figure out how to deal with it, there's there's someone else that they can talk to about it and uh, and and try to figure out what the next step is not in every area of the game but but we're getting better on that front um and and that's one of the like main pains of being a really small developer that is nice uh you know that that i i love is starting to go away a little bit um as we get a little bit bigger here so can't let you go without asking about what's happening now and what's happening next now you mentioned there's you know you continue to support the game delivering updates and things like that so talk a little bit about your plans for the near future whatever you're able to and and comfortable saying and what fans of super mega baseball 2 can continue to look forward to yeah um we're we're we've already kind of noted some stuff that we're we're going to um 
put push into to this game. There's some promise features. Some of them are already in. Some of them uh, we, we're still working on. Uh, we're probably going to stick with SMB2 kind of through the summer here, um, at least. We'll, we'll see how things are going. Uh, so there's some more content coming. There's some more features coming. Um, then we have some damn hard decisions to make, I suppose. Uh, you know, we've talked about, like, certainly there's evidence that we can keep doing this game and, and have that work out uh, all right. And, you know, but we've also, of course, the idea of doing different sports has come up. Obviously, people request that all the time. Um, you know, the, the, there's a few different directions we could take. And uh, we, we have not made that decision yet. And, and we're not, like, this summer, honestly, is a little bit about just recovering from from uh, that uh, tough challenging launch for our first time doing a multi-plat launch uh so we're going to slow down a bit this summer um you know more smb2 for now and we have not decided what's next and we may not even make that decision until till a, a little further into this summer all right well thank you so much scott drader the co-founder of metalhead softwares makers of the great super mega baseball 2 thank you for being on here we appreciate it Anything, uh, anything else that you want to mention before we let you get out of here? I don't think so. I, I think I think I got to say plenty. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me, and uh, uh, hopefully it's not like two years until I'm back on here again. Sounds great. You are you are welcome anytime and every time to talk about anything. So right. open invitation to you, sir. Thanks, Rich. Cheers. Cheers.